Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to another action-packed episode of the Nintendems Podcast. I am one half of this episode's co-host, Brayden, and on the other end of this Discord server, I have the lovely... The better half, Connor. Ooh, wow, big words. But, how you been doing? Pretty good. Hanging out, working a lot, getting ready for the holidays. I feel that. Dude, have you been taking advantage of any Black Friday sales? At the time of recording, this is before Black Friday, but, you know, a lot of places have been doing month-long deals. Right, yeah, not yet. I'm kind of waiting for, like, the day and, like, Cyber Monday, but I am keeping my spending low for that, just in case. What about you? Yeah, actually, GameStop, I don't really shop there much at all anymore, um, but I just, I flipped through their Black Friday deals, and they had a... a good chunk of games that were just straight up 50% off. Really? Yeah, and uh, Catherine Full Body, well, just Catherine <laughs> Full Body is the complete edition, I guess. Right. I've been meaning to play that for a long time because Anime Girls, and... Where's Jake when you need him? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but it's 25 bucks. I'm sure he'll be stoked to talk about that with me. Mm. But so I, I got Catherine, I got Mortal Kombat 11 just for the heck of it. It's still in its plastic. Oh, nice. How long are these deals running? Um, so some of the deals were just for a couple days, and then they have a new set of deals starting on Friday. They have, uh, I think, three houses. They have Yoshi's Crafted World, Splatoon 2, and Mario Aces. They are going down to $26.99. So wow. if you have been interested in getting any of those titles, Splatoon 2 for me, mm. you might want to look into GameStop on Black Friday. Well, dang. Sick. All right. Before all that, we had a really big game drop this last week. Yes. Did you play it? <laughs> no, I have not played it. Do you know why? Because you're hogging it. Let me play it. I played it. This, this happened with Mario 3D All-Stars, and I'm tired of it. There'll be a game soon that you will take the lead on this reviewing process. But but for now, I I have the copy of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity that we will be discussing this afternoon. The family copy. That's right. This is another one of Nintendo's kind of like sneak drops that they've done yeah. all through 2020. They did it with Paper Mario, with Super Mario 3D All-Stars, with Pikmin 3, and now Age of Calamity. All of those games, uh, three, four months max before the release date, they announced that mm. they were going to be released. So Kind uh, of one of those like theoretical E3 leftovers, I feel like. Right, right. If E3 had, had been around that we would have right. found out about it then. That's interesting. Mm. I guess I hadn't quite framed it that way, but yeah, you're probably right. Mm. But so I am a huge Zelda fan, as we've said many times on this podcast, and I have played the original Hyrule Warriors, which I'm a big fan of. Did, did you play that one, Connor? No, I didn't. And it's sad because I obviously I really love Zelda 2. It's one of my favorite series and i also really love the dynasty warriors games yeah but hyrule warriors came and went on the wii u and then it was on the 3ds and we have the 3ds version but i don't feel like mm -hmm. playing it on 3ds i don't feel <laughs> yeah. like it's meant for it and then it came out for the switch and i just never got down to buying that version but i always wanted to and I, it, yeah. this one made me hype to play the first one and vice versa that's the thing i kind of want to back up and go to the first Hyrule Warriors that came out for the Wii U, then 3DS, then Switch, mm -hmm. and talk about it a little bit and just what kind of precedent it's set and what kind of game it is, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, you mentioned the Dynasty Warriors series. What What's your knowledge on that? You, I assume you've played a handful of those. Yeah, it's kind of just known as the Warriors franchise at this point, or the Musou genre, if uh, 
you're paying attention to the the Japanese scene. <laughs> but yeah, so gameplay wise, it's basically carved its own genre of hack and slash where you play as a character in like a big open 3D battlefield where there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of enemy troops, essentially like armies running around this battlefield and you use your attacks like combos and stuff kind of like a fighting game to just mow them down like destroy waves and waves of enemies kind of in a way that like a game like dark souls or even like normal zelda games kind of emphasize one-on-one combat with an enemy this is more about you can kill what 100 enemies with a single attack in the in this game you know it's very over the top and like very power fantasy kind of so that's an awesome summarization of just the Dynasty Warriors formula going in. And so Hyrule Warriors was literally just a Zelda reskin of any Dynasty Warriors game. Pretty much. Dynasty Warriors really is like a, a genre at this point more than it is like a, a series, you know? Right, right. But the thing about Hyrule Warriors was how darn good and authentic to the Zelda series they made it feel. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, being such a big fan, and maybe being such a big fan has given me a pair of rose-colored glasses, I'm not sure, but it felt like a greatest hits Zelda game. Right. There were, I, I, I'm pulling this number out of faint memory, but probably 30 characters, at least, that you could play mm-hmm. as, ranging from, from all Link, Toon games. Link, Young Link, exactly, all the Zelda games, you could play as like the Sages from the Ocarina of Time, you played as like the Toon characters from Wind Waker, it was just amazing. And the story was garbage. It made zero right. sense. It was, mm. it, that's not the point. The point was just these amazing action combat, huge war scenes with some of my favorite Zelda characters. Like you mm. said, taking out dozens, if not hundreds of enemies at once. It's about spectacle. Yes. And, yes. and Hyrule Warriors, especially just because obviously there's no Legend of Zelda in the title itself. So it's not necessarily like a quote unquote canon Zelda game. But I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's all it's supposed to be. It's a it's a crossover game. It's kind of like a celebration of all Zelda games so far. You know, it's not yes. really like a, a serious Zelda adventure. You are exactly right. That being said, it does make me curious about where Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity kind of comes in with that. And I will I will I didn't play the game. Sorry, uh, but I will qualify. I did play some of the demo that is available and it kind of made me more confused plot-wise than I was before. That's fair enough. So I beat the game today. Mm-hmm. I spent all weekend in the past couple days. I am COVID positive, my friends, so I don't have anything to do, and I'm Aww. playing Zelda. Um, I'm, I'm fine. I'm very fine. I'm in quarantine. Um, I'm asymptomatic. So, yeah, I beat the game today. And mm-hmm. go ahead and say I had a great time doing it. Nice. But... I was a little thrown off by the story. Mm-hmm. I think we might ought to go deep into it. This is an alternate timeline. Yeah, that uh, it is. I mean, like, and that's, re- I mean, that's revealed in the first cutscene. It's just yes. not what I was expecting. So I guess a brief recap of like the, the Zelda Breath of the Wild plot line is relevant, is necessary. Mm-hmm. Zelda, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is about Link waking up 100 years after a great calamity has taken place. Ganon has like destroyed Hyrule and all the Hylians are kind of like in hiding in like sporadic villages and stuff. And it's about getting all the forces together to confront Ganon and end the calamity once and for all. 100 years later. Yeah, 100 years. Yeah, everything. Yeah, the kingdom is in ruin and it's time to take it back. 
when when Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity was announced, it was announced as a prequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It takes place 100 years ago during that great calamity, during like this Hyrule War where the forces of Hyrule are fighting against the forces of Ganon. And it on paper, it made perfect sense. Such a good idea to make mm-hmm. a Dynasty Warriors style game out of a Hyrule War. Like a literal Hyrule Warriors, high, like a Hylian War. Canonical too, to the Zelda yeah, series. Exactly. And like making it a prequel, making it fit right in place with the story. Fans immediately kind of started speculating about the story in that, like, if it takes place like right at that war, you know the ending is going to be pretty sad. You know it's going to end with like a loss because the calamity takes mm-hmm. place, you know? But that seems like where they drop the ball because the stakes are different, right? Or absolutely correct. Also, I guess worth mentioning is that they did announce a sequel to Breath of the Wild as well. So the story is going to presumably keep going. And I I and other fans also assumed that this prequel, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, was going to provide some more context for the story for the sequel as well, possibly. Right. I do think this is a really good addition to have at the start of this discussion, you know, just mm-hmm. that there is more story that Nintendo has planned already, you know. Right. And so so any gaps like that we may feel having played Age of Calamity, still room for those to be smoothed over. Which is but but so at least tell me up front, is it canon? I think so. You think so? In the same way that the Ocarina of Time timeline is canonically split three ways. Okay. You know? So maybe go on then. Sorry, like, sorry for you. you sorry for you light listeners that may not be quite in the weeds <laughs> with the Zelda lore like us, but uh But for you dedicated nerds, keep listening. Keep listening. So as you said, in the very first scene, R2D2 pops out of a portal <laughs> uh one hundred years um <laughs> before the events of Breath of the Wild. Um Yes. <laughs> it is it is a mini guardian that it's like a Sheikah. Is, it's like a it's an ancient robot. Yes, it is an ancient robot. It's well, and if you've played Breath of the Wild, you know the guardians. It's right. those robots with the octopus legs. It's a baby one of those. And you find out that it's come from the future to warn of the events of the calamity and how to prevent it. And that's kind of where it takes off from. So right off the bat, it kind of throws a spanner in the works of what you were expecting from a Breath of the Wild prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, I was expecting to be crying at the end. I yeah. thought that Link was going to be mortally wounded and go to sleep for 100 years. Zelda mm-hmm. was going to be locked in this in this. Zelda was going seal- like, to have to seal him away. Yeah, but I, I uh, spoiler no, I mean, alert, like- there is a happy ending to this game. I just, I don't know. I uh, we were wanting like a Star Wars episode three connecting, you know, right. bittersweet. Like this is where the real story picks up, but also this is where the tragedy happens. Exactly. And the whole adventure is a blast meeting all mm-hmm. the champions. There's a little bit more uh, kind of time travel shenanigan play that I think is just an excuse to get some more fighters in there, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting, some of the the left turns that they take story-wise that I think I think could pay off by the time Breath of the Wild 2 comes around. You know what I mean? Some of the characters they introduced and some of the mm-hmm. 
story decisions I think may pay off later in another game, but it's also kind of like, do you want them to? Because like, even if it's canon, not canon, whatever, I'm mostly being facetious with that. I mean, this is a spinoff. Right. This is true. Is it fair that a spinoff would be like necessary to the overall plot such as it is? That's that's very fair. And I'm ve- I'm absolutely willing to relegate it to the same kind of meaningless story corner as the original Hyrule Warriors. You know what I mean? If that's all this is, Dang. it's just experiment in gameplay and you know skin design (laughs) you know that's fine i had a blast Mm -hmm. but does seem like they wanted this game to have a little more influence on the zelda universe than just a a, a throwaway spinoff game right let's let's talk about the gameplay though man because that's where this shines that's where this game shines let's get into the hot the heavy the awesome wait Um, one one more thing one tiny thing about the story, mm-hmm. one tiny thing. I laughed out loud when in in one of those very first cutscenes, there when the king is giving like the orders to all the soldiers, he's giving like a speech over like the Hyrule sword soldiers from the top of the castle, and it like uh-huh. pans over like these hundreds of like faceless armored knights and soldiers and stuff that all look the exact same, but for some reason mm-hmm. Link is just there. Yeah, like in the middle of all the of them without a, boy. like without a helmet just like yeah just like this pretty boy and it feels like i mean maybe you can answer this too like it felt like at that point at the beginning of the plot he was link wasn't even like the special chosen one yet you're right though that's so silly you do uh, it's interesting you see link's comeuppance as zelda's mm. knight and then the hero of courage you know what i mean so yeah. like like it's it's Link becoming that hero, like the his uh hero's journey. Absolutely true. But why is he special, um, and why doesn't he get? Why doesn't he have to wear a helmet at the beginning? <laughs> his hair's too cool, man. Don't cover that up. Um, true. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Gameplay. Go off. All right, dude. They turned it up from the original Hyrule Warriors. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. They have incorporated so many Breath of the Wild features into this otherwise just button mashing game that Mm. really it just feels so true to the game that it is spinning off obviously there's there's dozens of characters um you there's link impa zelda the champions those are kind of the main ones that you would expect and and along the way you kind of get a, a motley crew of other kind of more strange and random fighters that you wouldn't expect i want to like list some you know what i mean i want to I don't know if it's like, I mean, like you get to fight as like the great fairies. You get to fight as Hestu. You get to fight as King Rome, which and that one's not too far off. I kind of saw that one coming in that same first cutscene with the soldiers and stuff. He pulls out this huge sword that we've like never seen before. There's some really cool characters. Each one has their own complete set of combos and special attacks and... As the game progresses, you unlock even more combos for them. So it it always feels fresh. It always feels like you're learning a new attack for them. Each character's weapon kind of feels similar. Um, other than Link, he he can wield a one-handed sword, a two-handed sword, and then a spear, depending on you know your play style. You you'll level up their weapons. The character themselves will level up. Their attacks get stronger, and and it's it's kind of a a neat gameplay loop where after each battle you you get a little bit stronger and you probably have a more powerful weapon. 
is, and is that progression a lot like linear? Because I like the the way the progression in Hyrule Warriors worked, it was kind of like a grind fest. It was it? a little bit of a grind fest. The original. And a lot of people may think that this game is as well. The gameplay does get repetitive, which Dynasty Warriors does. It's A A A B B B A A A B B B. Right trigger. That is the double-edged sword of the series. Uh, the Leviter hated it. Absolutely. You are watching Link hack down dozens of Moblins all at once, and they go flying, and there's explosions, and you can you have full access to his stasis, his cryonis, his remote bombs, and w- magnesis. Each character can use those. So you, you use those against mm-hmm. enemies in certain ways, which is really cool. a, a neat breath of the wild feeling addition there's also a little bit of element play with uh, uh-huh. a fire rod and ice rod and a thunder rod never really boils down to anything super complex i, I really found a nice happy medium with the normal difficulty mm-hmm. as well it made me feel just as powerful as i think hyrule warriors series wants you to feel while also i did die more than a handful of times i, tr- I tried starting the game on hard and and probably huh. An hour or two in, I, I had to go down to normal. Yeah, I played the what I played of the demo. I played on hard, and I died several times. Eventually, figured it out. But at first, I like it was like press X yeah. to absorb something, and press X again to uh, right to make to make a symbol. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't see what you're talking about as I press these buttons. But I trust you. <laughs> and things were no, happening and i was winning Impa sometimes i'm getting used to um several of the characters i i haven't tried all the characters several of the characters i have not nailed down really? yes i've overpowered link i played with him way more than anybody else but i used a lot of impa a lot of zelda a lot of mifa and so they're all their levels are up in like the mm. 50s and 60s where the rest of the characters are kind of down in the 20s 30s 40s there's lots of good ways to like artificially raise those lower characters levels up just to get them caught up to where you need them to be if you want to use them there's a lot of really neat gameplay Mm. balance features that they've incorporated to just kind of play your way i guess Mm -hmm. then one of the most badass parts of the game where you go from dozens and hundreds of enemies thousands you know, you get to pilot the Divine Beasts. No, I didn't I did know not that. either. Yes. You get to That's pilot wild. all four Divine Beasts, multiple levels. Is a even more watered down, you know, experience than, than, than boots on the sure, ground. Like, link, like... You know what I mean? You are, you're like as right. Naboris, the, the lightning camel. You know what I mean? You're just raining down lightning on literally hundreds of enemies at a time. And I think the highest count I got mm. was like 7,000 enemies or something like that on one one mission, which is a blast. You know what I mean? It it's, just feels good. Like it's like a it's just like a, a serotonin boost. Absolutely. To get all your numbers all the way up there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so true. That's that's nothing. That's all it is. It's just like an artificial like I score. But but yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Really good way to to make it feel like war, Uh, you know, kind of get a zoomed out perspective on the battlefield on the armies and the power that the divine beasts have dang so when can i borrow it i'm ready uh there's still <laughs> there's still lots for me to do if you played the original hyrule warriors there was kind of like the zelda uh, map that just like comprised a bunch of challenges and you worked your way through it but the main world map of breath of the wild is essentially that kind of challenge map 
And so um, each location that you would have marked on your map in Breath of the Wild kind of has a challenge associated with it, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. And I, I still have a ton to do. Lots of combos to unlock for lots of characters, lots of power-ups, upgrades, and, and missions I obviously just haven't even completed. But uh, yeah, man, you, you are cleared for liftoff with the Divine Beasts, my friend. That's sick. And uh, so you said you, you don't have to play as a certain certain character during certain missions or something. You can just kind of like freewheel it. Occasionally they lock in like Link or Zelda, but depending on the mission, you can sign up to four captains, generals, characters, whatever you want to call them. Um, and you alternate mm-hmm. between those four characters within that mission, which is really neat as well. So you kind of gotcha. build your team and some of the missions, you know, like like I said, Link or Zelda, they're they're locked in. But you can always right. <laughs> did I say Hestu, the the Maraca Korok? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he he can go take down Ganon if you really want him to. Sick. It's, it's it's a good time, man. The story is kind of just the one thing that threw me off. I don't know. Th- it didn't leave me totally lost. It okay. Tied up a few loose ends, and actually, it kind of seems like really? the story is not quite over. There are a few more missions that if I complete, it it seems like a little more story for me to to find out we'll we'll see about Mm, that interesting so i feel like age of calamity was kind of marketed in this way but it made it seem like the plot was essential to like the whole timeline and like necessary context and information for breath of the wild and obviously the whole time travel alternate universe thing stopping the future sort of angle that r2d2 provides i think undermines that a little bit but I, I say all that to say that it seems like the plot was kind of a big focus for this one, at least in the advertising, which is interesting because the plot was a big focus for the original Breath of the Wild, you know? Yes. Like the addition of like cinematic cutscenes with voice mm-hmm. acting and all these dramatic moments that were in all the trailers and stuff. But the plot was actually very sparse in breath of the wild like it was kind of it was like very much just there if you wanted it you could seek it out and you could find those cutscenes, but they weren't like necessary mm-hmm. they were like practically bonus content that you had to like find out in the world and even then they they sucked <laughs> yeah the cutscenes were so lame the voice acting is laughable mm-hmm they're just very, very melodramatic. And the trailers for Age of Calamity looked really cool. They were like, oh, it felt like they were like stepping it up a lot. Mm-hmm. And like the quality was up. But then I started it and I laughed more. <laughs> so I guess all I, all that to say and ask, are the story elements stronger than Breath of the Wild? The the production value, maybe even. Yes. I think, think the character progression is better like Rivali is still just a jerk you know and like he doesn't really there's there's not necessarily like redemption for all of them but they characterize them all well they're all still like probably mostly two-dimensional yeah more or less kind of like cliches yeah kind of so because that was the thing too is like not just the voice acting but the writing was i thought was bad in Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. and in the few cutscenes that I saw in Age of Calamity, the writing was still very bland. 
just something about the Nintendo of America localizations feels very <laughs> lifeless to me. And the voice acting just compounds that completely. But maybe I'm being nitpicky or on a high horse or something. So it's interesting. I just, I mean, you do get a little bit more of Zelda's kind of upbringing. Breath of the Wild was all about Zelda. It was about Zelda's daddy issues. <laughs> yeah. But it makes me wonder just whether it's relevant to the Zelda we know from Breath of the Wild with the timeline split. I don't know. I don't want to get into all the, the goo- yeah. goofy time travel stuff. So the sto- the cutscenes are still dr- melodramatic and like the the characters, you know, they like you said, yeah, they're they're kind of stereotypical and and two-dimensional. But the action choreography in the cutscenes, dude, there was some really cool Oh, I bet it's yes. baller. Link is goes ham in some of those cutscenes and just <laughs> well, and and him versus Rivali even. Like I it's really cool the choreography that they came up with mm-hmm. demonstrate just how hardcore and powerful these characters are it it really made me believe it if power is the point of zelda then you know they did a good job of demonstrating that it's uh the point of dynasty warriors yeah yeah power fantasies this is true that's serotonin (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah well yes you can you can come grab it soon it is absolutely worth playing especially the demo the demo is pretty chunky it's like two hours gives you Mm -hmm. a great taste of what you're in for and it does that cool thing Nintendo's been doing where your progress transfers to the main game, right? Yes, absolutely. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, whatever you pulled off so far, uh, it'll it'll transfer right over. So highly, cool. highly recommend it. Great, great game. And if it's not a Nintendo now, highly and recommend it. Oh, if it's if it's not a Nintendo now, it will be with time. Cool. All right. Well, I think you have given me permission to skip over what you've been playing for the week because it's <laughs> not Nintendo. Uh, I love Nintendo, but you love- and I love Nintendo games. I promise. Do you love Dark Souls three more? So is that so, so wrong? We can't talk about it here, Connor. <laughs> Let's roll right on into this episode's Nintendo, shall we? Would you like to to give it the introduction? Yes. It this game needs no introduction. But I'm going to introduce it anyway. It's a Game Boy Advance game from the year 2003. Wow. It has spawned several sequels, several follow-ups, and many imitators. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of games copy this game's format. It was, in my opinion, very seminal just for video games in general. I think it's kind of like a paragon of game design in that it kind of boils video games down to like this pure... Uh, distilled one button uh-huh. kind of format, like kind of like Atari games, you know, yeah. like where they're just like this, the simplest of concepts that you can complete with four directions and a button. Then it's like uh, straight to your veins. But, yeah, exactly. Just like inject straight <laughs> video game yeah. like right into your, your brain. Uh, but we're I'm beating around the bush too much. This episode's Nintendo gym is WarioWare Inc. for the Game Boy Advance. Or WarioWare Mega Micro Games, as it is uh, known kind of in the series, I guess. It's full title, sort of. Yeah. But yeah, dude, this game is a weird one. And not weird in that, I mean, everybody knows about it. It's not obscure by any means. But... I mean, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird in its own right. Go back to 2003. Can can Mm -hmm. you imagine the first time you played this game? Because I can, and I wonder if we played it the same. I can. Was it at Target? 
I played it at Target. Wow. I played it at your your home. Yeah, yes. dude. And the, the little Game Boy Advance kiosk they used to have. I played it at Target and I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to have it when it came out. Yep. That's exactly the memory I have. Uh, just the little Game Boy Advance kind of sticking out on its wire and and playing WarioWare mm-hmm. Inc. for the first time, not understanding it. I was nine years old. You were six or seven, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a the Game Boy Advance SP with WarioWare Inc. for like my seventh birthday, nice. I think. That, wow, I actually don't recall that, but I, I believe you. <laughs> but yeah, I what's crazy is I didn't understand it, kind of mm-hmm. going to what you said it is just video games in its most pure and kind of in your face heat of the moment uh distilled form and so it's easy to yeah. play and pick up on it's extremely easy and it's like i like a, it's, it's a video game concentrate mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah know? yeah everything else like hyrule warriors is like Pre- mashing buttons and like stuff like that, but it's all fluff. It's all style. It's all right. spectacle. All the cool moves and attacks and waves of enemies. This is the opposite. This is just press A to press A. Press yeah, <laughs> press A to do one thing, and then the next moment you're pressing A to do something else. Yep. Providing a little more context, like like you were saying, like where you are in 2003, like. The Wario as a character, as a franchise, I guess you could call it. I mean, he was just kind of another platformer mascot. He was another Mario right. like up to that point. He just had all the Wario Land games. He was in all the Mario parties and the mm-hmm. Mario sports games. Like there was no precedent for him to don his biker outfit, his like helmet and his like jean vest and stuff and ride a motorcycle in this like weird style city that he apparently very stylish like this they instead it, it doesn't take place in the mushroom kingdom like a like a wario game maybe should it takes place in diamond city which is just this very non mario-esque mm-hmm. city of cartoon characters basically and the plot is classic wario wario wants to make money and, and in this game he decides to make his own video game which is kind of a uh, the organic way in which they make this video game fit into the plot like mm-hmm. about video games it's very cool because even like the menu is kind of like takes place on wario's computer right you know? yeah, yeah 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 do you remember that uh, now that you like, mentioned all, like, it, the different, like, do. yeah like all the different like games and paths and stuff are like different files mm-hmm. kind of it's very cool you laid out the story very well but the story is also mm-hmm. very inconsequential it is oh very inconsequential and when you get to the meat of it, it is a series of mini games, micro games. Micro, yes, I don't. Mega even, micro I don't. <laughs> I don't think mini games is a fair way to put it. It is a micro game and a mega micro game at that. Mm-hmm. So there's like a dozen or so characters, and each character has their own like set of uh, micro games. A library of and these, games, I guess. Yeah, like that are that each have like their own theme based on the character. And these micro games truly are just micro games. Like we've said, they're just like tiny little snippets of game. Uh, They are literally five seconds each. There's a time limit to each micro game. The the first set, Wario's set of games, there's one game where there are two hands on the screen, one up above, one below. The hand on top just drops a stick. You just press A to grasp the stick with the bottom hand. 
and that's it. You have just have to time it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another where where uh, Wario is just standing on like a side-scrolling plane, and there's a car coming from the right, and you have to time uh, an A press to jump over the car. And each micro game begins with a one-word command uh, before it starts. It'll say jump, and it'll show Wario standing there and the car coming, and you have to press A in time and with the the one with the hands and the dropping the baton there it says catch and you have to press a to catch so essentially that one word command is telling you what your button does basically Mm -hmm. you have five seconds to process all this act on it get it right and move on to the next micro game yes and these um these sets of micro games that are associated with each character they rapid fire they are not you don't get to choose your micro game like each time it's extremely fast paced it's a marathon Mm -hmm. wario's game you'll jump over the car complete it five seconds later you'll catch the thing five seconds later swatting a fly five seconds later yeah exactly five seconds later on a skateboard Mm -hmm. jump exactly and uh rapid fire tiny games and they all and it speeds up to complete the character um you essentially have to complete 10 in a row or so, um, but after each three, the speed goes up. So it's less than five seconds. And even the thing, like the, whatever is happening on the screen moves faster. So you have mm-hmm. to react quicker. It's very high octane, very exciting, very engaging. And kind of calling back to also what you said about playing it for the first time in Target, like, and not being able to like figure it out, like process it. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty fair. It's a lot to take in at first. And again, for the time, like there is nothing really like this. There are games with mini games. Like obviously there's like Mario Party, but even Mario Party has like this, like like the board game thing kind of tying it all together. But this is just like micro game, micro game, micro game, micro game, Mm -hmm. all at once. Yeah. Very cool. Very awesome. (laughs) Very cool. I want to talk about how it landed on the Game Boy Advance as well. Because mm-hmm. I do feel like that was just the perfect system for it. Oh, absolutely. It's a perfect portable game. It is. But what's interesting, though, is they essentially... It was not a direct port by any means. They added a couple games. They they added some multiplayer modes and stuff. But they kind of mm. ported this game to the GameCube. And yes. it did not work anywhere as well. It played fine. Really? It functioned. And, you know... You think so? I, I think it is a portable game, man. Maybe mm, even on I, a smaller screen, you know what I mean? I, I, I Sure. Compact, tiny, fast-paced. I do, yeah. I mean, I do want to address the GameCube port. It did get this GameCube follow-up, but the original was intended for portable play, obviously. It's mm-hmm. very suited for quick sessions. You beat a few micro games, you beat a character, move on. Um, it, it also is worth noting it also had like these actual mini games i guess mm-hmm. it's weird to say mini games they are larger experiences than the micro games but they had do you remember like the the skateboarding one yeah and the paper airplane the paper airplane they're also very very simple concept games like kind of game design again to its simplest form but they're essentially like kind of arcade score attack type experiences mm-hmm. they're proto flappy birds as it were yeah i would say good. There's one where you are on a skateboard and you have to, it's like an auto runner. You just have to jump over obstacles and duck under obstacles mm-hmm. as they come towards you. Basically just like a 
runner on your like an auto runner on your phone. Yeah, there there are a handful of mini games like that that you can also play outside of the the sets of micro games to kind of pass the time, which those are also like I mean, I remember our aunt and uncle. I have a distinct memory of being at soccer practice and my aunt our aunt and uncle would play the skateboarding game on the Game Boy Advance while that's we were at hilarious. soccer practice. That's crazy. It's very weird. But I mean, that's the thing is like it's completely accessible, perfect for like casual play like picking up for a session get a high score on your little game and then put it away you're right mm-hmm. it is a uh, geared for portable play completely mm-hmm. but so the gamecube version kind of erases all that it's a straight port of warrior in that all of the micro games are the same right it's every single micro game from the original in this new one but it reframes them all into sort of this like jackbox party yeah, party game pack sort of yeah, it's a party game. It's it's the the follow up is called the GameCube version is called WarioWare Mega Party Games, mm-hmm. and so it kind of takes like that formula of like these rapid fire micro games and reframes them, reframes like the structure around them into like these different casual party games, kind of like Mario Party, where instead mm-hmm. of the mini games, it's the micro games. Yeah, but it's more like these Jackbox kind of like if you've ever played like the Jackbox party games, yeah. where it's all like very social. Just very interactive. Yeah, very interactive, very uh, screwing over your friends. <laughs> so circling back, I'll defend it and say that in that regard, I think it works very well as a party game. I think it functions. I don't even think there is a single player mode. Like it's purely intended for yeah. playing with your friends. You've got this single player experience on the Game Boy Advance, and then you've got like the multiplayer one for fun on the GameCube. No, and that's totally fair. Any questions? <laughs> well, where do I get friends? I just, <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> multiplayer you can't gaming. With COVID. Like, that's so true. I just feel like multiplayer gaming has been a chronic problem throughout my life. I mean, I've always had you to play with and stuff, mm. but just like, yeah, sucks. I've always leaned more towards the solo experience than multiplayer experiences, mm. and so like maybe that's just a bias on my end, you know, and and whatever middle school experiences I had with the mega party games as opposed. to <laughs> the the you know, mm. the advanced version you know maybe bled sure. over into my adult life as well mm. i yeah that's fair I, it's been years since i've played it myself it's act, it it's been years i haven't even thought about it in a long time mm-hmm. but literally my roommate very recently has been like coming home like from hanging out at friends houses and be like yeah we played we, they have a game you play mario party 5 and WarioWare, and i was like holy wow. crap uh-huh. take me back i think it's a great game Obviously, the Game Boy Advance version, but I th- I think the GameCube version is also a great game. I think it's a very nice companion piece to the original. Sure. Uh, the only problem is after after my roommate said that, I did look up the prices and it is extremely high, like close to two hundred dollars. Holy moly! Like very hard. I to believe find. it because uh, it you know which, it was a weird game, which from is the very start, unfortunate. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, and I I think it probably had like a pretty limited run. I don't think it was very popular. Sure. There are WarioWare sequels that are probably easier to find and, mm-hmm. and just as much fun. There's WarioWare True. Smooth Moves for the Wii and then WarioWare Touched for the DS, which probably is the best in the series, in my opinion. Ooh. What would you say? Fighting words. I, my, the hipster in me says the original, this one, micro, Mega Micro Games. But I, I mean, logistically, I'd have to say it's WarioWare Gold for Ooh, the 3ds okay you know 
Do you know the deal with that one? Is that like a mega collection? Yes. It's got like most micro games from across the series, like from Touched, Smooth Moves, from Twisted, which was mm-hmm. also for the Game Boy Advance. I, I think maybe even some from Smooth Moves somehow. With the 3DS, you it's got like the capability to do all of them. It's got like the mm-hmm. touch screen for the games from Touched. It's got um, the tilt controls. Yeah, from Twisted. It's got, I mean, obviously the buttons from the original. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I actually, unfortunately, haven't played it myself. But Either we need to look into that. I mean, I, you're right. I can't imagine that it's worse off somehow <laughs> sure. than any of the others, you know. Sure. But as a, as a as a refined experience, I would I would defend this one, the original, as the best one. Fair enough. Okay, so I'm I'm looking at prices online, and I am seeing like around forty dollars for the just the cartridge. Wow, which is pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. And I was wrong. I see one listing for the GameCube version, the party games mm-hmm. at for like around 45 just for the disc. Okay. Maybe I was looking at like complete copies. Yeah. I'd need that case. Yeah, for real. Obviously a box of manual is going to run you a pretty penny, but this is like pretty affordable for like a, a classic first party Nintendo game. Absolutely. Of, of its era and absolutely worth playing for anybody. I'd say for real. That's exactly what I was going to say for $40. If you can find the Game Boy Advance cartridge, like, there is no better way to experience WarioWare for the first time than on a Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Shoot, uh, this is—I wouldn't even say a ROM's worth attempting. Like it just wouldn't play the same. The charm, like the the charm, wouldn't translate. Yeah. Like there's, mm-hmm. it's just one of those games that's built for the platform, designed for the the platform that it's on. Absolutely. So I mean, if if you can find this game for forty or less, it, that's a steal in my eyes. Mm-hmm. For sure. Alternatively, there's also WarioWare Gold for the 3DS, a much mm-hmm. more recent and probably uh, affordable <laughs> venture. Sure. That probably also, I haven't done the hard research, but Gold has most micro games from the series. And I would assume there's no reason for it not to have all of the micro games from the original. Right. So that, you might be better off doing that, but you're, you're, it's just not the same. Ah, have that GBA cart in your hand. It's good stuff. Exactly. And I can, I'll close out, I guess. I can only hope that they port WarioWare Gold to the Switch. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like even that would be a much more appropriate platform for all the WarioWare games. And it's still, it's still got like the touchscreen and the tilt controls and stuff. I think it would be perfect. Hopefully we see it someday. It'd be interesting. The dual screen, you know, that could that could affect some stuff. Oh yeah, true. Never mind translation. But I, I no. Hey, the thoughts there. I agree with you. Yeah. you where to switch? Well, all right. Like we said, if you've never played this, seek it out. If you have, I hope this brought back some wonderful, flowery, fluffy nostalgia for you and makes you want to break it back out. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Nintendo's podcast. As always, please make sure you're subscribed to whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and we are on Instagram now. We're on YouTube as well. Honor, you got any plugs for us? Follow my music. It's now on actual streaming platforms and not just Bandcamp. So if you search for Weave, that is W-E-A-V, on Spotify, Apple Music, and the like, you will find my tunes and hopefully you enjoy i've got some new material coming out very soon all right guys 
Thanks again for listening. My name is Brayden. And I am Connor. This has been Nintendo Gems. We will see you next time. Y'all take care. Love you.